Welcome to Business and Investing with Grant and Charlie, where we're enhancing your complete set of skills to build wealth inside and outside your business. Now, this is very odd, Charlie. We're recording this in December, but I'm going to sit there and say, Happy New Year's, because this episode comes out in the new year. So, Happy New Year's to absolutely everybody. Hopefully, you've set some goals. Have you set some goals? I haven't. You know what? I'm like, this this year isn't done yet, Grant. I don't like the jumping ahead. (laughs) You've still got things to do. There is things to be done here. And if you're listening to this and you didn't go hard in December, now you're taking Grant's jovial approach to the year and skipping the head. Shame (laughs) on you. Shame on you. Shame of all y'all. Now, if you're not on the newsletter, head over to businessandinvesting.com forward slash newsletter. Put in your details and we'll let you know when it is New Year's and when we're not recording or when we are recording. Now, before I screw this up, Charlie, let's cue your infamous disclaimer. It's Charlie here from Business and Investing, and I need to let you know that Grant, myself, and the Business and Investing team are in no way, shape, or form qualified to give you personal or specific financial advice. We strongly encourage you seek out and use professionals when you are making investment decisions or comparing investment products. Just a quick story for you, Grant. Um, many years ago when I was running an agency, I, I um, still have this friend, but I was going to say I, I had this good friend. I still have this friend. They're actually a client of ours <laughs> today, Kim Barrett. And I used to do a podcast with Kim way back in the day as well. And I made a comment about the idea of like, hey, you know, December's coming. It's going to get quiet. You know, I'm kind of winding down and pr- um, pretend. And he like snapped at me and went to me. He's like, year isn't done. Quit bitching <laughs> out. Get back on the horse. Yeah, he's, and then he asked this question. He's like, why couldn't December be the biggest month of your year? He's like, you're acting and in a way that would produce a result that would make sure it's the smallest. You're already winding down. And um, this was like seven years ago maybe. And since then I have always like every start of December I message Kim, number one, and go December man. And then number two is like I actually very much challenge my mindset around this time to be like there's just because the world is slowing down doesn't mean to be my slowdown. If businesses are winding up, your time to ramp up. So uh, just a story to kick this one off. South Park meme of like I ain't heard no bell yet. <laughs> it's just it's completely knocked out. It's like, sit there with his fisticuffs up. Love it. Well, I wonder how many people are listening to this in the first week of Jan already making excuses of like, oh, no one's back at work yet. I couldn't get started in the year. No one kicks in until after Australia Day, Charlie. It's Australia oh, well, at the end of the day. Tell you what, we wound down in December. We better make sure January's a quiet one as well. Yeah, damn straight. Two months of the year. Make sure it's super, super duper quiet. Just hold down. All right. That now was, now it, that was, a, that was a whole episode. Done. I feel like we added value. <laughs> well, I, I do wonder. I still think this whole podcast might just be therapy of me being able to get things off my on my chest and like you know clear the emotional baggage. But <laughs> I get the pillow. I think this is going to be a fun one. This is going to be our best investing. Oh, sorry, best investments of 2022. So this is where we're actually going to like be a little bit vulnerable and share our own best investments for the year. Yeah, vulnerability. The thing I'm working. On. I'm trying to work on this, Charlie. Be more transparent. I'm a guy that just I've never had to like tell these things in public before. So like these types of episodes, I actually sit there and I have to G myself up. I'm like, this is fine. 
this is normal. It is okay that the entire populace of everyone who consumes this content now knows more about me than probably my family. But that's okay. I guess it's therapy for me as well. Maybe. Or, or is it a flex? Know. Is this just us explaining? <laughs> no, I'm joking. It's not a flex. I, I actually concur with that point. I've had to hide a lot of my success and wealth in um, personal relationships because I've found a very interesting thing of it can make other people feel a little bit uncomfortable. And totally. then it can also have them feel – and I, I'm not going to tell someone else how to feel. It's an observation. But it can bring up a little bit of insecurity in themselves and their own achievements and they actually become a bit negative. So as a strategy for dealing with family, I've actually really kind of tried to be less – how can I put it? More reserved in that nature because it just hasn't led to a good place for me. It really, so when really you say – when you say you become more reserved, is that you just don't mention it at all or do you try and – downplay your success and talk about things that weren't successful to sort of get to that level. I'm curious now. Maybe we're not even going to make the episode we intended to make. I was going to say, I'm like- <laughs> we're, we're off to a, this is like one of the rules of podcasting you're not supposed to do, right? Is you're meant to get to the point of what you're talking about rather than sharing these things. I, I give you an example. <clears throat> Bianca and I went through this uh, time where we were, how can I put it, changing cars a lot. So we had, yes. um, we bought a car, then we realized it was too small for kids, so then we bought another car, and then I bought a four-wheel drive because I wanted a Nissan Patrol, and then that was too big and it was hard to park, so then we bought another car and we got a uh, Volkswagen Tiguan as the mobile, and then I got a WRX. Now, as I say that out loud, I can see that might seem a bit ridiculous, <laughs> but can you see I had a really good reason for buying each of them? I remember having those conversations with you and I'm like, yeah, man, that makes sense. <laughs> do it, yeah, it was, do it, it was do it. for practical reasons. So for Fair me, way. I'm just solving a problem in my life. I'm not necessarily paying attention to how that proceeds to other people. So if you, every time you're catching up with your family, you've got a new car. Like I could understand that if that's not normal in someone's world, like they would suddenly think what's, what's going on here. So it's that Charlie. type of thing when perhaps someone isn't upgrading their car as often as we were, that would then drive different conversation. And like, I would of course want to talk about the new car and the features and what it can do. And, you know, from, from purely a place of my own excitement, right. So that particularly that Nissan patrol, man, you could go over a roundabout and not even feel it. (laughs) (laughs) That's why you just got to buy consumer goods. See, now I tell everyone about my Dyson and I feel like I'm relatable. Anyhow, I just really look at it and say that it can be an uncomfortable thing. I think many business owners will have to come is uh, starting to share this stuff. Why we're actually doing this episode, though, is I think it's important to share the wins and things that have happened so people know what's actually possible. And for many people that listen to this show, they've asked how we're doing, Grant. Like they want to know what we're getting up to. And they, uh, I want to say, like, want to emulate some of the results we get to a degree. And that's why I think it's so important we share some of this stuff. Because it will be very easy for people to think if they just followed the media across this year that it was a down year, that it, it wasn't a good year at all. And I, on you know, when we look at this list here, it's actually been, in my opinion, quite a good one for both of us. Totally. And it, I think it's also that reminder to sort of stop and reflect and actually take the wins, pull the wins out of whatever, whatever outcome you had during the year. All right, Charlie, so my very first one. So... I'm not going to sit here and tell you property, 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 but I will throw in a property one because why not? <laughs> so, although this is this is an interesting one. 
I'm not putting this property in, which I'm about to explain, because it had the highest growth. I'm putting this in for other reasons. So right, hang on, hang on. Oh. We've got to tee, we've got to tee this one up properly. So what we're going to do in this episode okay. is we're going to go over our three best investments each for the year. And yeah. I will note now, some of them are in different categories. And uh, Grant has astutely said property is likely to be one of them for each of us. So Grant, <laughs> one of your best investments for the year is a property. Lay it down. What do you got here? All right. So I May this year, I settled on a property in the WA, uh, I'll say. It's kind of kind of near the ish, the city, sort of, I'll call it down south. Uh, with regards to this said property, the reason I love it so much is... If you look at the property, it's it's less than a kilometre from the beach. There is this massive sport lake that all these people do like this, aquatic sporting things. They've got like buggies that they cruise around in dunes and all these things. It is like it is like this house that I see as to if everything turned to shit and I had to like sell everything and like bunker down in a place, I'm going there. <laughs> That's exactly how I feel about my house in WA as well. It's like this, it's similar, obviously, uh, place, no surprise here. (coughs) But it's like I completely envision it if the world goes to hell, this is where I'm going. (laughs) Totally. Dude, I I was like, when I was writing the notes for this, and I can say this because I've never had kids, I feel it's the same feeling as to when a child is born where like you look and you're like, ah, this thing's going to be so good over the next couple of years. And it's like, oh, my gosh, this is like this reincarnation of me. So it's like this little child. And the greatest thing is it's cash flow positive and it does its little thing. (laughs) And I'm like, I can't believe I'm making money in this asset that I'm happy to go and retire in, go and live in and go and do all of these things in. So for me, that was the best investment because it was (sighs) – I don't, I don't know how to articulate it. It kind of felt like I've got a beach house, although I, I don't really go there. I don't, I'm not really going to sort of Well, you, you do realise it's think, leased out to someone else, right? It's really I know, a beach I know, house or holiday the, house at all for you. But, in but, my it, mind, but it could I'm be, like, right? It could be. It's the option. It's the option. And so for me, it was like this great investment because I'm like, yep, it's got good, decent cash flow or good cash flow. It's got can, good can capital Can you be specific? Growth. Yeah. So the property itself, dude, we bought it at – now you're shooting, uh, I think it was a 400-ish. And so it pulls. It was pulling in 360 bucks a week-ish. I think it was 350, 360. And now it's about 480 to 500 a week in uh, income. And so, right, so that's, that's the rental side. Have you looked at the growth side as well? Because that's a yeah, significant so growth, rental increase. So interestingly enough, we just refinanced it. So we used um, like a – spoken about third-tier lenders before on the podcast. So we used the third-tier lender to purchase the property um, and that was just to sort of tide us over for five months and then we're going through a refinance right this second um, and it just got valued at 470 So it's had a decent jump in value where I'm sitting there going, ooh, this thing's, this thing's perfect. So for me, I'm like good cash flow increase, good capital growth, Little sort of back of the head retirement little house. I was gonna say a little little novelty factor as well, (laughs) right? Little novelty. And I'm like, so that was the thing. Like every time, I always joke with Hazel around. Do we sell our investment portfolio and like just like settle down? And she's like, yeah, everywhere besides the place in WA. (laughs) She's like, love that joint. It's awesome place. Do you know what I love about this one straight out? So first off, congratulations. I agree this Appreciate is it. like a significant investment achievement of the year. I don't know the exact percentages on that and I'm, I'm hopeful we'll get them on the show at some point or talk about them another point. But 
the first thing that's really cool about this is it dispels the myth of you can't get cash flow and growth in the same asset. Totally. You completely can. And this is a really good example where you've been able to acquire something that's significant rental growth and cash flow positive, but then also achieved growth as well. It wasn't, you haven't necessarily compromised here in one way or another. And that was part of, that was part of the thing that I loved about it. Right. And I'm going to be completely transparent. The, if I was to put a minimal deposit on like a 20% deposit, it wouldn't be cash flow positive. So the only reason it is cash flow positive is because I have put cash in offset accounts. So completely transparent on that one. The rental yield works out to be about 6% on that as well, Charlie, just to go a gross rental yield if for anyone playing at home. Well, I put another fun fact for those playing at home is just to keep in mind in, um, in WA, right, um, there's a much lower cost of running an investment property than someone like Queensland. So Completely. if you have a property in Queensland, this is the rough maths, but a, a 6% yield in WA would be, um, you would need to get like seven and a half in Queensland to get the same result with how like the rates and council and, and everything else works. So I still think that's a significant win there, man. Congratulations. No, I appreciate it. It was, it was just interesting when I was looking back at the year, I'm like, I bought other houses during the year, but this one is just the standout because the other houses, I'm like, I wouldn't move there. Maybe if, if push came to shove, but this one I'm like, dude, it wouldn't be hard to convince me. <sighs> what about you, Charlie? What's your first one? No surprise, property one. <laughs> I mean, we could Please. say this now. The, the property podcast is out. Like clearly we have a property oh, yeah. bias and uh, even to the point now we've, we've segmented this into another show. For, so for those of you that are listening, might be time for a plug in this as well. Grant and I actually have another podcast, which is property and investing, not to be confused with business and investing, where we wanted to have more property-focused conversations. We realize on this show, sometimes uh, we want to go deeper on property and we can't because it may alienate some of the audience um, and we want to make sure it is. It's also going to open up more business stuff we want to do on this show. So go and check it out if you haven't already. I'm sure we've promoted it reasonably well at this point. Now, for me, um, I was going to be a bit of a, how can I put it, a dick and just say property overall but I thought that's not really helpful to the audience in that same way. So I wanted to pick out one property uh, specifically here. So overall, I will say my portfolio for the year was up significantly. I actually was a little blown away when I recently checked through things property. I've had two properties go down about 5%, but the rest of my portfolio is up on, a- on average about 9 or 10% for the year. That's but there's so this one standout, property that has just really, really come home uh, for me. So I actually, uh, I'm going to say I have a unit block uh, near the Sunshine Coast uh, in Queensland. So in the Sunshine Coast region, I should really say from there. So I bought this unit block uh, for 840,000. It was about, it wasn't this year I bought it. It was actually last year I bought it. It didn't do that much in the first year, I will say a little bit. But we recently had it valued and it's come back to be valued at 1.1 mil oh. now. So it jumped from 840 to 1.1. So not, nice what bit of growth there. I actually do have – I even got the dates. See, I was a little bit prepared for this grant. I bought it in April 21. That's when I bought it. So I think that's very reasonable for that time frame to go from 840000 to 1.1, I just think he's absolutely like a ripper on that front there. What, the second what thing, though, growth is, is that? that have to be. You know, I, I wrote that down, but then I, I averaged it out. But that region's actually gone up 18% for the year. Ah, of course it has. 30% growth in just under two years. 
Far out. And I, I won't say it's awesome. I will take the achievement and obviously I took the risk. I'm the one who put the money down, but I have to give the credit to the success of the team around me, right? They're the ones who picked the location, did the financing, all the things that go into actually making it a successful investment. So I was pretty stoked on that. I'll also say not financial advice, right? Please don't copy me or buy things in this region based on two idiots on a podcast and then try sue us. Please don't do that. Agreed. The other kicker though, to your point is um, when we bought this unit block, each unit was being rented out for $285 a week. It's now being rented out for $385 a week. So the yield on this unit block is 9.58%. And I, I mentioned this before, but just this year, so just 2022, the value of that has gone up. Uh, so 18% growth in the year, and then the rent's gone up actually over 20%. So huge win again yeah. on that double front there. That is insane. And that was just in the year, but even – Call the, what, 18 months, 20 months that you've owned it. Dude, it's a 30% value increase and the 35% increase in in rents on this place. Talk about a great purchase. I can completely see why you've thrown this one into into this year. It is the outlier of the year. And, you know, it comes back to that conversation we've had many times about things that compound versus leverage. And it's like when you really start to get those years compounding in property, like the first year, as I said, it didn't do heaps in the first year. It did a bit. But this 12 months has been massive, which is is why I put it down as my number one. So getting something compounding for you as a business owner so you can have that in your life, I think is just a really important thing. Um, doesn't have to be property. Again, we're, we're, we're open to other ideas. But at the same time, I think business owners getting serious about having something compounding is so, so important. Anyway, I'll end rant on this one. I'm going to jump over to you and let's grab your number two. I was, I was going to ask you, did you do any renovations to that? Like any... Critical improvements or anything? I, I, all right, we're not jumping to number two. We're coming back here. Do you know one of the things I find most fascinating? First off, I don't know what it is. Every time I buy a property, I have to change the doors. I'm not sure what people do to the doors, but it's like every property I've bought, it's needed new doors. Can, can I ask a question? Which door specifically? Internal doors, not like a front door or anything. Yeah. It's like bedroom doors or uh, of that nature. I have replaced every at least one bathroom door in every property. What do people do to these doors? I've never had <laughs> to replace not. a door in my own house. Like I, I don't know. <laughs> I have Anyway, no we'll idea. leave that one there. So doors is the minor one, but the only thing is, right, so one of our um, tenants, which I love them, like their lifers, they actually installed solar panels on, on the unit themselves. <laughs> so the renovation they paid for because they didn't want to pay the power bills. <laughs> that would have been my win for the year. Like- what would your biggest win? Tenant installed solar panels. Sure. <laughs> when you got that letter, did you just look at Bianca just perplexed going, what? Like how long are they planning on staying here for to get a payment back on their solar panels to get an ROI? I was confused in, in all honesty. I was like, are they hitting us up for solar panels? Do they want us to put solar panels on this for them? And then it's like, no, no, they're happy to pay for them. I'm like, What? <laughs> but um, like, and it also it's a great sign of intent of how long they want to stay. Totally, they are so, lifers. I can see why you say they're lifers. Yeah, so quite quite thrilled on that one. So there's, there's my number one. We will jump onto your number two now. That's awesome. All right, so a bit of context for this one. So for anyone who doesn't know, and Charlie, you probably do know very well, I have been quite a bit of a digital nomad throughout 
my most of my business life from opening the a business. The whole audience is shocked right now. Everyone's like, like oh I can't believe gosh. Grant said that. See, there you go. You were shocked. Uh, to living in a warehouse, which was a kids' party venue when I first started businesses. Oh, that was great. Uh, to moving overseas, I did Europe for a couple of months, to going and living in the Philippines, to sort of then travelling up the east coast of Australia. And doing these things means that the where, locations that I work in are not always conducive to a productive environment, Charlie, is the way I shall put it. Think. Hang on. Are you telling me you've been to a co-working place where no work is going on? It's just a bunch of people hanging out? Although I will say, like, every single person does tell you how good their idea is, though, as opposed to executing the idea. Like, it's, it's fantastic, Charlie. Um, yeah, like, I can't get a co-working space anymore. Like, I just, I, it just yes, we'll leave on that point. But, like, when I was going up the east coast of Australia, like, we were going two-bedroom, two-bathroom places just so I could go and buy a desk. I've bought way too many desks and chairs to go and jam them against, like, a guest bed in, like, Gold Coast or in, like... Uh, Noosa and things like that. So this in 2022, I moved from Noosa back down to Melbourne, which was a big win. However, this one trumps it. And I got a dedicated office in my own house where I it was just unlimited budget. I've got the desk set up that I want, everything set up that I want. And this thing has produced, I would argue, probably the greatest return on investment outside of anything that I've purchased previously. I think the investments I've made, the productivity that I've had, um, the revenue we've generated, et cetera, from this setup has been like second to none. I think the focus is there. I think everything has come from here. And as I was looking through this list, I'm like, this is one of the greatest unlockers that I've had, especially when I look back over the last decade of locations that I've worked in and shit that I've had to deal with. I'm like, this is it. Like this was the hands down, probably the number one investment of 2022 is a dedicated home office. <laughs> I'm um, astonished and impressed this made the list. Like personally, I believe people underinvest in having a good work setup. It's something totally. I've really noticed. Um, and like if you think about that compounding of not having the right setup, I think over a lifetime it could make a huge difference there. What have you found to be like the biggest difference? Like what – I mean I must admit I'm someone who's fairly hermity at this stage of life so I've had this set up for – or had a set up for quite a while. What have you noticed as like the biggest difference? I am just – before I answer that question, I'm just going to put on record the word hermity. I'm, <laughs> I'm totally for that. I, I like the concept of hermity. That's <laughs> I don't even know if that's a word. That's awesome. I, will I need to I'll be, be stable in my office because the unstableness of a toddler can, can mean that <laughs> you know, life gets really interesting. I can only imagine the challenge of like trying to be nomadic with toddler or young oh kids is like would just be chaos. So it's like anyway, overcompensation of stableness in work life to be less stable there. Anyway, topic for another day. So um, I'll probably answer your question by telling a couple of stories. So like for example, when I was in Gold Coast, we had this gorgeous apartment right on the beach. But – I had I literally got a measuring tape out because it came fully furnished and it, I set myself up in the guest bedroom. And so we had a double bed. I had to move the double bed all the way to the side and then measure how much space I could fit a desk in and then go and buy a desk that fits in that space. And so you could imagine like the monitor had to be small to fit it. The laptop was kind of precariously sitting on the edge of the desk and I'm kind of sitting on this really cheap, desk chair because I knew that I was going to get rid of it all in nine months. And so like when I walked into this, it wasn't inviting. It wasn't this place that I'm like, I can't wait 
to like be here. Like every time I jumped on a, a recording with you, Charlie, I was like trying to like cut off the bed <laughs> in like a camera of like, oh, don't get the bed in it kind of thing. And the sun. And, we had to time the, the recordings oh, because of the light. And then I couldn't put and then I couldn't put like actual like recording lights like I've got here. I got big lights sort of shining at me. And so there were all these things that just turned this place into and it wasn't an inconvenience. It was it was just not as inviting. Like I didn't want to be there. It was more of a I'll go there, I'll do something and I'll, I'll leave, which meant that I went and worked at cafes more. I went and worked sort of down on the beach more, which again is not conducive to, not conducive to being highly productive or highly focused or anything like this. It's, it's good to get out and about. But so the biggest change for me was having a place that like I come in, I close that door and it's like completely separate from everything else. Like I actually feel like I'm not in the house, not anywhere in it. Uh, Hazel knows like, Second, that door's closed. Like she's not coming in. Like this is this is my space. And so it was having it was having a place that I wanted to be. But then the second part was having it completely separate to everything that I was doing. So I I don't use this room for anything else besides revenue producing activities. Like that is it. It's like full stop. Anything else outside of this room? Like, it's like it's like putting stop. on the uniform, right? It's like if you, exactly. you're going to go to the gym, you put your workout clothes on. It's like you you kind of know at a like subconscious level what's about to happen. The body gets into that mode. And I will say, let's imagine you've got a, a, a important meeting you've got to go to. It's like you want your brain focused on the meeting, not the hiding totally. of the bed. And if you're <laughs> setting up your life yes. to be hiding a bed or working with those types of things, I, I can really see it making a difference in like results in business in a huge way. So I can actually understand on that merit alone why this would make your list. Totally. And so like even the little things of, because we do podcasts, like just being able to flick a couple of switches and be podcast ready as opposed to like, oh, I'm just going to set up a microphone. I got to set up a camera. I got to sort of, is it the right time of day? Is it all these kind of things? Like there was so many things that got unlocked by having the investment into a home office. And it wasn't definitely wasn't the hard, most expensive thing that I've ever spent. Um, it definitely wasn't the hardest thing to set up or anything like that. Like all it was was, hey, let's just go and get one more bedroom in a house, like pretty, pretty rudimentary. And then that was kind of it. Uh, and then the final thing that I put on top of it is the flexibility. Like you and I will say, hey, let's go and do something else. Or we'll talk about my background. Like, hey, let's go and change a background, put a TV up, do whatever I want. And like, Ain't no one going to tell me that I can't. I'm not fighting with other furniture in here. Like I put decided to put this couch in here because I wanted it in here. Like the the freedom just to do whatever I want in this space is the greatest thing. If I think something else is going to make me more productive, like a tenth screen, I'm getting a tenth screen. If I think that I know another light will make me look better, I get another light. Like all of that that freedom of creativity is probably the final cherry on top that I'll put in. But yeah. I've ranted a lot about a home office and how it has been the greatest investment, Charlie, but you can tell uh, in, by the sound of my voice, like 110%. I think this thing has just unlocked so much. Yeah, but even for the people listening, let, let's pretend someone goes all out and they spend five grand on their office and whether that's a chair, a light, a desk, uh, whatever needs to happen to make their workspace more convenient. I struggle to see how someone doesn't make more money than it costs to do that just on the conveniences and focus alone. So I get where your measurement of ROI is just huge here and an important one. Totally. And you've you've had it basically your whole life and every time I talk to you, it's like, hey, it's just normal. And I'm like, no, no, no. Until I got one and I'm like, yeah, no, this is – I can tell. Nice. I can see. I get it. I get it. All right, Charlie, what about your number two? 
Well, keeping this in line with yours, it's actually been uh, moving to Brighton in Victoria. Woo! I was going to say there'd be very few people on the face of the planet that would say that that is not a win of the year. Well, it's meant to be our best investment, and um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this here: like uh, I haven't actually bought property in Brighton. I want to really disclose that it's not like I've had another property win here that I'm doing. Um, when we were looking to move, we could not find a property that we wanted to buy it was reasonable. We were still kind of going through a very odd time in Melbourne real estate, so we elected to uh, make the decision to rent in the idea that we'll find something in this lease and and have it come through and that we'll potentially, I don't know, buy a dream home, build a dream home, work out whatever's next in that region. But I was keen to kind of get to the area before uh, making that purchase because I'm like, there's so many benefit to the area that I think will be very beneficial. Uh, noting proximity to you, Grant, was on that list. So when I live further sure. away from you, we see each other less in person and I think there's less creativity and things that came from that. So- in summary, why this made my list of number two is by getting uh, closer proximity to Melbourne CBD, the access to yourself. We definitely made some noticeable improvements since proximity has increased. But then <laughs> also number two, the network, the Hugely access to so. people. Yeah, so I didn't realise how much of a difference being in an environment with more people doing similar things has just created. And I'll give you an example. We went to a property developer meetup, right? So we went and uh, had a look around at what people were doing in property development. It was a bit of fun, but that actually turned into a client for our media company. Totally. That never would have happened if I was down on the peninsula still. And not that the peninsula isn't a beautiful place. It's just that it doesn't necessarily have the people I was looking to connect with that are trying to do similar things to business. So I would look at this and say, you can pretty much mark it on my P&L when we moved. I, I, I looked through it. <laughs> it definitely. It's like, and Charlie, Grant moved back to Melbourne and Charlie moved to Brighton. <laughs> Crazy. The impact oh. of environment. So was it more expensive to move to Brighton versus where I was living previously? Absolutely. I will say this. This did come with an investment. So my living costs, right, have gone up substantially since here. And it's not just the cost of the dwelling or the home. It's also everything in the area. Like uh, care is more expensive. Food is more expensive. Coffee is more expensive. Like it is a more expensive place to be. But when I really look at it, the money spent versus just the increased earnings in business from access to people, proximity to yourself, and the things that have come from that, well and truly outperformed versus the prior situation. So uh, the way I would almost think about it is like, you know, maybe I spent more in investing in a location, but the return is hugely better. It's like buying an expensive house versus a cheap house. It's like it might be worth it. Totally. Have you, do you see an investment in happiness in there as well? Because I, I see you and Bianca just punching above, like, well, like every day you guys wake up on top of the world, punching hard, punching well. And is that a byproduct of sort of the environment around you? Or I know you guys were basically there doing that anyway. Because, hey, you say we were unhappy before, Grant? I'm just saying that you have unlocked this level that I did not think that was possible for you guys to unlock. That's a, that's a really interesting point. I, I, so what I would say is, I'm going to say kinder. And I'll express why, because that's, that's a very high-quality question. I don't necessarily think it's the area we're in that has changed that immensely for us from like a happiness. I'm not going to sit here and say, look, we moved to Brighton and it made us happier because we're in Brighton, because I just don't think that's true. 
However, it's like the access to different relationships and people that have brought joy to our life through being here definitely has. So there's like some byproduct. And then I'd also throw in that it's like imagine that we moved here and then we started seeing more success in life in the areas that are important to us. So to keep it simple, let's just say business for this one. Well, if you're succeeding in the areas that are important to you in life and feeling a sense of progress, the byproduct is you'll probably be a little happier. So for us, I look at that and say, I won't say directly has changed our happiness by living in the location, but the byproducts of the results we've been able to form in this location definitely have. And we also set out with a bit of an intention here is like, we, when we moved, said we want to have more fun and joy in our life. We want to take advantage of the kids' activities that are around here and do things. Um, so I would say there's some intentionality behind that also. Totally. I, and I, I can get that because, yeah, every time that we catch up, I'm just like, yeah, like the locations, the people around you, uh, this ease to get into the city. Um, dude, well done. I reckon this is definitely up there. And I, I will concur, like one of the points that I did have on my – supporting list when I did a huge brain dump was like me moving down to Melbourne for those exact reasons, which is like proximity to yourself, proximity to the networks and where we're trying to get to over the next couple of years. Like it is an investment above all else. Like it is one thing that I would, I would forego an investment property to go and invest in those kind of things. So dude, kudos. I think that's awesome. Quick question for you. Like I'm looking at this, we did first. So our first thing, like we did the clickbait first, right? We gave everyone what they wanted. They wanted to know the property returns, you know, in number one, number two, we've both done like unique things here from like thinking of them as investments where it's like yours has been a office set up and mine has been a location. So let's just say environment here. So whether it's office or location, which do you think would be more important to invest in ongoingly in your life? Like, I will just give you, should I give you my answer first? Yeah, go, go, go. I know what you I actually say. think go. that what we've just mentioned is probably more important to get right over totally doing things like investing in another property. Not financial <laughs> advice, not all cases. But I feel like <laughs> this is, I, dude, it's become the default to just say that because I don't want people to uh, necessarily take on these things. But I look at it and go, for someone to truly set up their 2023, maybe getting that better office that's more convenient in a location that had you surrounded by the right people would make more of a difference than investing in something else. Totally. I am going to get you a T-shirt that says not financial advice, by the way, so you never have to say it because it's just like permanently on the screen. Um, But to that point, it's exactly the same for me because I would argue that buying, being able to buy more properties is a byproduct of doing these types of things because you're completely right. Like you look at our P&L and the line from me moving back to Melbourne, you moving to Brighton, increasing collaboration and people that like we're talking to, we're seeing regularly, we're doing all these things as like completely aligned. And then later in life, it's like- Then you can buy more property. Totally. It's like, it's a (laughs) compounding game, right? It's like, well, if you keep doing more of the best thing, then everything else will come. I think, yeah, I think a lot of people try and just have it all at one time and then skimp and try to do all these things. But I think, I think there's a fine balancing act because I think, and we've covered this before is that, you can buy too much house. You can spend too much on these types of things and find an excuse of, well, I'm just doing this to try and find people, but then you just never go and talk to people and never go and look at people and never go and maximize what you have done um, or what have you, you have just gone and purchased to unlock. Um, I just think it's a fine line. I dig it. Time for number three, Grant. 
What's your – and again, I don't think these in a particular order. We're not like doing first, second, third. But what was your third best investment of 2022? Totally. So I was sitting here going, well, I've done property one. I've done like a sort of a reinvestment into my focus and time and stuff like that with the home office. I'm like, what is what has been the thing that I've invested in that has created the next amount of gains for me? And funnily enough, this cost me zero dollars. It cost me just a bit of time. It's actually been walking two to three times a day. I think has been the greatest time investment of 2022. So to put a caveat to this, I used to just smash the gym over the last 10 years. Like that was it. I was just the go to the gym, pump on some death metal and just go ham on like 140 kilo deadlifts and like, <laughs> let's just go crazy. And then I'd go back to wherever the office is or wherever I was doing work and then just punch out the day. And so when I was consuming things, it was mostly books when I was just sitting down. And so this short form content was not something that I was regularly consuming unless someone sent me something, but then it would be more of me, I don't know, doing the dishes or doing something else where I'm mildly distracted into consuming. And so these walks allowed me to allocate 20 minutes, 30 minutes of non really, not really distracted anything. I can just walk and just think about the content that I'm consuming and so it's interesting. I've called the uh, Hold on there. I want, I want to get some understanding on this because you kind of put two things. You said walk was, two to three times a day, but I feel like there's also like it sounds like listening to podcasts or watching YouTube videos. In that. Exactly. And so that was going to be the second point is like I started this with saying like the investment was the walk, which then created the habit of being able to consume short form content to keep up with everything that's going on, whether it's business related or property related, et cetera. So it's kind of two, a two in one Charlie, which is like short form content consumption with my mind focused on what is being said through the mechanism that is two to three, 20 to 30 minute walks a day. Do you ever go, just before I go deeper into that, do you ever go for a walk and not listen to anything? I do. (laughs) Sometimes I have like the day has just been that manic and I'm just like no headphones. Just nothing. I just need to clear. It's like a meditation walk. I just need to clear the fucking head. I just need to walk and nothing. So, yeah, quite regularly actually, like probably more than people would think. Yes. I'm a big walker myself. I, I know this is something that no surprise twinning again, right? We've beca- we're almost twins. It's getting ridiculous. I was going to say we are. I'll shave my head one day. The feeling you get from like, oh, I'm doing something healthy of walking and I'm getting education in, so like the double time. It's like you feel really good about time utilization when you go for a walk and you educate yourself. But I also, and I'm, I'm thrilled you do this as well, there's times when life has been a little bit chaotic and using a walk to decompress and just like unpack thoughts or think into ideas or even just breathe, right, to yep. settle one after a particularly hectic day, <laughs> severely underrated. Walking with the ability to do one of those activities kind of within it I think it has to be one of the most underrated things on the planet. Agreed. I The challenge that I had, so here you go, here are some preconceived notions of Grant's mind that were based off nothing, Charlie. So I always looked at the fact that a book was always a very well-articulated and structured set of information in a in a format for sort of building up your knowledge, right? So I thought, cool, Consuming books was the best way of education because of the amount of thought and process that they had put into that. 
So I needed to consume books. So I only I know, I've seen, Just as they were there, I see a lot of <laughs> books getting written these days that are just garbage for the sake of writing a book so someone can say they're an author. But I'll leave that here and there. <laughs> well, before, this used to be the case. Um, but then, because on the flip side, a lot of the podcasts that I was consuming, and I'm talking like when Tim Ferriss first started doing a podcast, right, a lot of it was kind of dribble. Like it was, they were just rehashing what was from the book, but it was always pre-summarized. And it's like, go to the book or like, they'd always have the same guests on. And so I kind of moved away from this short form content because I'm like, no, it's, it's not what I'm looking for. But the interesting thing is, dude, podcasts and like YouTube channels that are like 10, 15 minute, 30 minute things, dude, the quality is freaking amazing. <laughs> it like has improved. The, it really has improved in the last few years. I see it like the basic, and you and I talk about this a lot. Basically, they've become journalists where they, the data they have is ridiculous that I could, I would never think about going and obtaining. They analyze it themselves and they, they put their thoughts on top. And I'm just like, what? Like, I can't, you can't produce a book at that speed, which means that the only way that you can consume that because they're not journalists is by listening to the podcast. And so that has been one of the massive unlockers of having like a YouTube premium, Spotify premium, Apple podcast, just consuming that content that is relevant to the things that are happening now, as opposed to me waiting for them to write a book 10 years later and then I'll consume the book. (laughs) Right. So mixing that with the walk, because I used to also listen to podcasts when I'm like cleaning the house, doing the dishes. Um, I used to consume it whilst I was like in the shower and stuff. Because I was doing something else, I was not consuming what they were putting down. It's that level of distraction is just too high, right? There's something about walking high. where you can still listen to a podcast. Or like I'll give you to the uh, the best way to think about it is if you went for a walk with a friend, you can have a conversation and you can walk. So clearly yes. you can think, articulate while doing so. To do that while you're uh, doing other things like in your example there, the dishes, I don't think you can. I think that it's too consuming an activity to be fully engaged in a conversation. It'd be too easy to zone out of one or the other continually. So there's something about that, right? Yeah, same with driving and running. So I tried to consume it whilst running and tried to consume it whilst driving. My retention sucks. But even then, like I'm running and there's a really good point that I want to take an action on and I stop running. And and so then I'm like try and make a note of it. And I'm like, I can't do that. But in a walk – Dude, I can stop mid-walk. There's no worries at all, right? My heart rate's not up there and I'm not trying to push myself. So I'll stop mid-walk, ping you what I've just learned because that's all I ever do, uh, and then make a note of it or like make a note of something I'm going to change and I'll just keep walking again. Like I just think it is this perfect mix of time investment with fitness to an extent with education slash content creation. I'm just like (laughs) – there was a, I'm like, why the hell did I not think of this earlier? Why did I not do this sooner? Grant, you're a freaking idiot. Like after beating myself up, I'm like, cool, I'll just lean into it. Uh, a mentor of mine said to me uh, a, quite a while ago is that the idea of that uh, walking is for health, not fitness. He's like, once you realize yeah. and distinct the two, it's like you realize why you do it. Like a lot of people diss walking because they're looking for the, like the, what they get out uh-huh. of going to the gym or what they get out of endurance sports or whatever their activity is that is for fitness. And it's like yep. once you understand that walking is for health and that's the purpose of it, it completely uh, changes the game. But for firstborn high achievers or even the high achievers in general that just want to maximise every second, <laughs> being able to listen to a podcast or educate makes it. But I want to throw a question on this one. How did you quantify this as a best investment? 
Because for the other two, I know we could sit down with the spreadsheet and go, wow, you literally did this activity and got this return. How did you uh, conclude that in this one? Yeah. So I, I looked back over the year and I said, what were the things that I think have produced me? What are the things that I've invested in that have produced the greatest outcomes? And so naturally the first things I wrote down were like investment properties and like activities that you and I did in business. And then I, I thought to myself, I said, well, if I stopped thinking about the investment as a dollar amount and I started thinking about the investment as time, what would I say? Like, what are the things that I'm investing time in that are producing a great outcome? And every point that I came back to kept talk, kept kind of referring back to some kind of education that I'd had. Well, I learned this, so I changed something else. And I learned this, and I changed something else, and I learned this. And I'm like, they all kind of were like based on things that I learned whilst I was walking or some idea that I had from someone else's podcast whilst I was walking. And I'm like, so it wasn't that one of these courses was better or one of these ideas was better or anything like that. It was actually the root change was the consumption of these things. And I said, well, why am I consuming these things? Well, the reason I'm consuming them is because I'm going on two to three walks a day. Well, that is the, the investment I'm doing because now I'm just investing my time into not just sitting in front of a computer for exchanging hours for cash is now investing time into doing something else, looking for areas that I know I might not have thought about or ideas or concepts that I might not be aware of that other people are doing and then implementing that or applying some critical thinking to it to say, maybe this is a better thing for me. So it was the removal of just a dollar amount kind of open this idea of going, well, shit, this is actually a pretty good investment um, because I'd sacrifice stuff. I would sacrifice doing mentoring to go and go for walks because I think it's it's a better outcome and I would actually have a greater ROI on it. I challenge anyone who disagrees with it to do it for a month <sighs> and then tell me it doesn't work. It's like I, I think it's that important. What about you, Charlie? What's your number three? Number three, well, mine was paid. It isn't a freebie like you just got out. I mean, <laughs> I did buy new runners. Does that count? Like I bought, I bought walking runners. Like that's, yeah, maybe, maybe they were the investment. <laughs> so uh, earlier this year, and this is at the start of the year, I actually thought I was going to have to get knee surgery. I've had a lot of challenges with my knees and joints on the back of a, a very athletic career, I'll call it. I think just being a mix of once upon a time, it was a tradie, which is quite manual labor and heavy labor. And then also just what I've put my body through with regards to gym, cycling, our running adventures, all the rest. Like I, I had some issues, let's just say. Now I had come to the idea that, and again, this is where I think we've got to be really careful of the beliefs and stories we sell ourselves on. I had come to the idea that my knees were just fucked in all honesty and that the solution to dealing with my knees is just to get surgery every seven years, it appears. So, so far in my life, every so often I go on, go in and get arthroscopes done or whatever needs to get done. He fixes them up, then I go and brutalize them for the next seven years, and then we do this all over again. Um, however, it had been suggested to me that there's another way to kind of address these things, and there's this guy on YouTube called, uh, I don't know, is his name? I'm pretty sure his name's Ben, but ben his program is... Um, knees over toes. So this is a guy that had had several knee reconstructions and he'd been able to actually fix his knee issues, not through surgery, although he'd had plenty of them as well, just like me, but he'd actually undergone a bit of a different program to heal his knees. Now, I was very skeptical of this, but my third best investment is now his program. 
the knees over toe program. So it costs like 200 bucks, I think, for the months I was in it on the subscription, maybe a little bit more. And I got the app on my phone and did that program at the gym. Completely fixed my knees, ankle issues, and lingering injuries that were kind of nagging away at me. So easily my third best investment of the year. How insane. I think that investment in health, and it's so funny, by the way, that all three of our points have kind of followed a similar theme. I think um, people are onto think- us that we probably did some episode prep. Like- <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here surprised. I'm like, whoa, Charlie, how coincidental that they weren't all properties. Jeepers. Um, but I, I love investing in health. But I, you know what? I always think, of, and you and I talk about this a lot, is like, well, how can we like improve? How can we mitigate risk and i always look at things like knees over toes guys as like well what is the risk of doing this thing like what 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 is the risk of you trying this new program out for a month or two and it not working well you go back to to an arthroscopes and what you were going to do anyway so i always look at this and go well it's always worth it because if you were to find the one thing that unlocked it you win because i did the same on my shoulder there's a guy called john uh, Kirsch, I think his name is, and he used to do sh- shoulder surgeries and he wanted to avoid sol- shoulder surgeries. And he's like, well, what do people just need to do? And he wrote this entire book around like dead hangs. And then I did, did the dead hangs and my shoulder was fine. And I'm like, <laughs> well, there you go. Like these things of, well, there was no downside to what you were doing anyway. And now you look at this huge upside, like your knees sound like they're better and it sounds like this thing Best has worked. Been. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I look at this and I'm like, well, what made you look at that and say, I think this might be the thing that would help it versus anything else that people are touting? Right. So what's been an interesting thing in Victoria is because of the uh, shutdowns that we had in the last few years, what's actually ended up happening is there's massive waiting lists for elective surgery. Huge. It's actually quite difficult to get surgery done to get in and jump through the hoops that were required at this time. So when I I went to uh, my surgeon to look at these things, when he gave me the timelines to get things done, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to have to manage this. And what I found is like I was actually like throughout my day thinking about my knees. Like it was becoming like an over – like my mind is consumed on my knees, not on business or what what I was doing. So for like a week straight, I'd be like, all right, I'm going to go for a walk. I go for a walk and I'll be listening to a podcast – but I'd be looking at my knee, thinking about my knee, or like I'd be uh, coming and playing with Jack and it's like, and this is the one that, you know, really like, oh, twist the knife, is like, oh, I can't do that activity on the ground like that, it'll hurt my knee. So, yeah. oh, I can't go on the trampoline, hurt my knee, I'd be jumping like a pro now, just so I know. But so. the point being was that it was like really impacting like just negative thoughts about knees and like, oh, have I become this guy who's going to have to say no to going on the trampoline all the time in that example? So that the consumption of my thought in dealing with this problem was huge. And I yeah. look at it and go, how I quantify this is the best investment is I've now got all that thinking space back. If I had – and I still – just to be clear, this was the start of the years happened. I still wouldn't have had surgery if – I had to go on the route I was looking at because the surgeon really? who worked on me was that backed up. And he also had to have some time off for something he noted as well. But as like he was experiencing immense challenges of his own. It was just going to be painful. And then to the other side of it, if I got surgery, 
the time away from business. Yep. Having to go through the rehab, all the appointments, all the things that go with it. So for the sake of $250 and doing uh, this workout routine at the gym when I go anyway, so no time increase really, Best one of the best investments of the year. You know what's funny? Like, So I do quite a lot of the knees over toes guys stuff, obviously because you and I speak about it a lot. The way that I found the shoulder guy was like I went to Google and I'm like the knees over toes guy for shoulders. <laughs> Wait, did that search work? It did. A guy on Reddit is like, yeah, he's John Kirsch. <laughs> I'm like, I love the internet. I'm like, it's such a good place. But it, it's it's actually interesting because hearing you go through that journey being so close to you, it actually opened my eyes to all of these other things, which is not just surgery related so it was actually the thing, like I was looking at my shoulder going, I'm going to have to go to the physio, I'm going to have to get a referral to a surgeon, I'm going to have to go and do this thing. But it was like, no, actually, like Charlie went through this thing and fixed his knees. Like Maybe there's just a guy, maybe I'm just not utilizing my shoulder the way I should be utilizing my shoulder. And then it kind of opened this pathway for every ailment that has <laughs> inhibited my little crappy body. Um, with me just going, well, maybe there is another way for me to invest in these things outside of just surgery and downtime and things like that. So I actually think that your investment has actually unlocked my ability to invest better. And I actually hope that it's the same for a lot of people listening to this, which is like eh, joints are not normally – no, joints shouldn't hurt. And if they're hurting – We're not place. young bucks anymore. You can't do that stuff you did in your 20s, right? In your 30s, totally. like it, it makes a difference. And to we your do. point on that, Grant, I think that's an excellent point is the idea that um, absolutely in, in the investing world, you and me made some gains this year, some quality gains. But what's interesting is when you unpack our uh, second and third best investments of the year, it's these other things that are really the supporting system to make those great investments. If you and Absolutely. I didn't get the environment thing right or the health thing right, would we have performed as well in business in general and in investing in general? I would gotcha. make the argument they come first. Completely. If I could have a priority, like these ones would be the highest priority to the point, to the actual point of like, I would get so frustrated in a day, which is was last Wednesday. I didn't get to go out for a walk until 6.40 PM. And it was like, I was like kicking myself the whole day. I'm like, oh man, like I know the one thing I can never sacrifice is going out for at least two walks a day. Cause I know what comes from it. I know the health benefits and I know the education benefits, but same with me going to the gym and doing dead hangs for my shoulders. I'm like, if I don't get to the gym and do dead hangs, I know the repercussions is going to be this freaking pain in the neck shoulder, similar to you and the knees. Like, it's like, if I don't go and do these knee exercises, I'm, like, I'm going to be thinking about these things. It's going to kick me. Like, it's going to be just annoy me and not be, allow me to do the things with Jack that I want to do. Like it's, these are the precursors to the success. All right, let's wrap this one up. All right, done. For anyone listening to this, if you're sitting there going, damn, these guys did have some pretty good investments, reply back to Charlie's email. Tell him what your best investments of 2022 were because I know every single person, no matter how good or bad your year was, you had some great investments and we want to know. So, And if you're not subscribed, by the way, and you're going, wonder how I replied to Charlie's email, head over to businessandinvesting.com forward slash newsletter and put in your details and then reply to Charlie's next email and tell him about your best investments. That's how you do it. That's what that I'm going to say. I'll pay it. That, that was, was actually a nice time. I like it. <laughs> I just want to say thank you. We look forward to catching you on the next episode of Business and Investing.